You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a guest here with me today who was requested by you guys um, because you just love everything that she has to offer. So I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and let you know where you can find her online. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. And my name is Selkie Selenite. Um, I'm a watercolor artist who mainly loves to dive into the fairy realm. Um, I'm from Germany and uh, I do witchcraft in, in various forms. It can be art, fairy or green witchcraft. And um, yeah, I think maybe due to my Leo sun, which is so full of passion and my Gemini moon, um, I'm really interested in, in everything. <laughs> and that can go from fairies to loving and protecting nature to dancing and to to learning from our stone age ancestors through ecology and yeah all of it ties together in what i want to embody express and share in a creative way um and i think that that shortly captures what i like to do <laughs> and um you can find me on my Instagram, which is also Selkie Selenite. Um, and I also have a Kofi. There's not really much going on there because I'm super lazy with these things. But <laughs> it's there. It exists. <laughs> uh, speaking to my soul with that. I know how that goes. <laughs> oh, why? Why do we have to do this as artists? <laughs> well, we, we just want to play. Your artwork is just so, so beautiful. Everything that you share on Instagram is just stunning. And I have none of those skills myself. So I just love watching other people do that. Oh, thank you so much. And that's the great thing about art. We can all inspire each other with it and and just do like follow our own way. And we never know who might be inspired by that. So how did you even get started because I know that artwork like you do is sort of a lifelong passion (laughs) yeah definitely well um I would say like like I grew up in a family who is really um who loves to tell tales in different ways without like my family does not actually believe in fairies the same way as I do but um our grandfather always played us old vinyls and my mom read us um, the Brothers Grimm fairy tales out of this really old book. I remember it so well. It had this red, um, how do you call it, envelope What's in the cover. The cover was, it looked so old because even the book had a story that my grandfather found it in a forest. So it all sounded so mystical to me and gave me very early on this deep wonder for mysticism. Um, But I only really got into witchcraft when I was around 15 years old uh, because then I discovered Brian Froud 
our hero. <laughs> and oh my god, I like fell in love with the book uh fairies. That's the first one I got. Um and I tried to show it to my friends back then, but they mostly like their first impression was, oh like that's scary. That looks creepy. <laughs> like I, I know some images in there are like, oh well, you don't want to meet those fairies in the dark. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it so much. But because my friends back then didn't really know what to do with it, I, I mostly just kept it for myself. Um, and did my first fairy offering, um, maybe a year later. Um, and it also was at this super magical place where I grew up. Um, there's like, you just had to walk over a field and then there were ancient Roman ruins that you could just walk on. Wow. It was not, not protected or anything. It was just open for everyone. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's so cool. And right next to it is a tiny forest. So it feels super magical. And, um... Yeah, I placed my fairy offering in there. And I also remember, I just remembered that when I was uh, sitting under my sort of power tree, um, I saw first witch ritual in, in those ruins. I just watched, I think it were like three witches who were dancing around a fire. I don't know what they celebrated or when it exactly was, but yeah, that's that's how I got more and more into it. And yeah, I think my, my love for the Fae always came in waves until I really sort of started to swim with them happily and be confident enough to say, I do believe in fairies. And that feels so great, so great. And art was always a part of that as well, but yeah. I love that and your story because I think that fey magic calls to a lot of people, but not a lot of people start there because like yeah. your friends, like they're a little scared of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had one friend who also was into witchcraft and we sort of did a, a, a lithar ritual together. Um, but yeah, the fey... The Fae was not something that talked to her, which is absolutely fine. Everyone has their own way. Um, but yeah, I I always really love that. Yeah. <laughs> so what has your experience with them been like? What are the some of the things that uh, you do besides offerings? Oh, yeah. Um, well, now I really love to work with Brian Froud's Oracle deck. That's also so powerful. I actually pulled two cards before this podcast. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Do you want to know which one came out? That was also Absolutely really interesting. I do. Yes. Oh, it's um, a collective of pixies, um, which is perfect because it's about approaching a job with joy and merriment and also doing it together. Like you don't have to do things alone. And I think that's a really great message. Oh, that's such a good card to pull for this. Yeah. And the other one is the Lady of the Harvest, uh, which is also about to, yeah, 
enjoy your journey and be ready for what's to come next. Oh, I love that. Those are great cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know with fairies. Sometimes there are some, yeah, really some that you don't want. <laughs> it's not not the super happy oracle deck sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, that's like just how the fae are. Um, so that's like, maybe that also reflects how like my practice is because I... Um, I, for example, also try to incorporate into my practice dancing and really do it consciously and also through that sometimes connect to the faith. Um, and that can be through either really happy music or also sometimes, um, yeah, like really pagan drumming ones. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, do you know the band Heilung? They are they are so great for that. They're awesome. Oh, I, I don't know if I know that one. They oh, they they even make a whole ritual out of their performance on stage. It's so amazing. Oh, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. I it's, love that. And... Your, your signs Leo and Gemini are both very <laughs> <laughs> artistic outgoing <laughs> oh yeah like sometimes I don't even know how I can incorporate all of these things uh yeah they <laughs> I, I was I just want to explore everything and yeah that's also with art for example if I bring it uh to that as a practice um I like first of all like to drink some add a flower tea before if I really want to deep dive into a fairy artwork and really feel into it in a magical way um and um but art doesn't always have to be approached in that way it can also be just for the joy of creating art and there's so many ways so many ways where do you get your inspiration from for what fairies look like to you um definitely from when I spend time in nature um like when you see the textures on the bark or also how how leaves can dance and move on a tree like all these impressions that nature can give us um, can really show me how how fairies can look or how they want to express, how they want to be expressed. And I mean, Brian Ford works definitely plays an influence because we all get inspired by something. And also I grew up with the Spiderwick Chronicles. Oh, I love yes. <laughs> I love Holly Black and Tony DeSalusi. That's just the best combination that could happen. And <laughs> I agree. I agree. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, his artworks are so great. I also I have a stack here of art books that inspire me. Um so I have the Spiderwick's uh handbook, which is so great so great um and uh fairies of the fault lines is also 
a great way to look into how fairies can be expressed by Iris Compete. She's also a watercolor artist and she's amazing. She's also a legend. And um, then, do you know John Bauer? Mm, it that sounds familiar, but I don't. I can't place it. I think he's from Sweden. If I don't mix it up, but he has great artworks about from trolls and really these Nordic fairies. Um, and really, his style is so interesting. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's that's <laughs> such a great inspiration and yeah the, Hallie Black is a favorite of mine that's always like when I picture Faye is like from her writing so I'm like oh okay yeah so completely with yeah. you on that yes I love how she explores how the more like human Faye the more like in the direction of elves look and the impression they have on humans I really love that um and yeah, and in the Spiderwick Chronicles, of course, you have all the types, all of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I I love that you use yourself as a canvas as well. <laughs> yes. Oh my of, God. Yeah. All of your <laughs> photos are just, and dressing up is just so much fun. I love that all the detail you put into your outfits is just amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think I really need that. I really love to embody and express not just on paper because it wouldn't feel enough for me um because I just that I love that part of life that we are able to do that and really bring ourselves out there in that way we don't we don't have to be loud with our voices always we can also just show and be and that can also make such a huge impact for us, for the people who maybe need to see that it's okay to express and dress in a creative way, regardless of if you go to a medieval market or just for a walk in nature. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's beautiful. And you do, you look like walking nature. So I bet you get <laughs> so many compliments in person. Reach my goal. Oh, yeah. Well, I sometimes um, also have a stall on a market here where I live with my art. Um, and I'm a really introverted person. Um, and I still love to, to really embody the fae and um, so I'm, I'm always embodied at my stall and of course then that also brings in attention and sometimes it definitely feels like too much when I just want to be there and show my art and because art doesn't need words all the time um, but I, I just love the impact it can have on children because I think it's important that children can see the magic happening in real life. And yeah, it's it's the best when they have parents who really are supportive of that and are like, oh, look, a fairy. And don't try to take that moment away from them and be like, oh, it's just her ears are not real. 
So yeah, it's really beautiful when they do support it. Yeah, I really enjoy that as well because you lose a lot of that magic when you grow up. And I fully believe that kids can see things that we don't because we've yeah. just like, lost that ability as we've gotten older. Yes, definitely. Like the children are always immediately like, oh, look, a fairy. They they just, it, in the moment, know what's happening. Um, and meanwhile, um, mostly like 50 or 60 year olds, they just have no clue, which I don't judge because they just grew up differently. But it's just really interesting to observe. Yeah. 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 And I also worked in a forest kindergarten um, because I also have an apprenticeship as a child caretaker. I think that's how it's called. Um, and yeah, in, you can really feel that some children really see more in nature. And that's so beautiful. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, the basis of the Spider-Way Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, the, the best, I, the best I, I love all of the detail that's included in the Spider-Way Chronicles that's, like, actually comes from witchcraft and fairy lore and things like hagstones and all of that. I'm like, this is exciting to read, like, even now, even as an adult. <laughs> yeah, it is. that. It's so great when you have this research back knowledge of fairies and know the witchcraft behind it and then you can read it and and because of that it actually feels so real the story they tell that's so beautiful and yeah like here at the I live at the Baltic coast of Germany um and there are so many hexstones and like sometimes I I don't try to go into nature and um, try to find one. It's more like when I feel like, okay, I could need one, a new one, then I give my old one away. And um, yeah, then it will show itself from the fairies. And that's always so magical. I love that. Love that. Do you have any fairies that have presented themselves to you like more than once that you have like a working relationship with or is it more like they just come and go on a whim oh uh, well mm, well most of them really come and go but like one that has been really present is like my my fairy guide uh, oh. I haven't really painted painted him because I wouldn't know how. <laughs> Seems impossible <laughs> to express all of all of what he is. Um, but yeah, otherwise in my in my paintings, if I think about it, um, well, some maybe maybe sometimes the essence of a fairy feels similar to another one I already painted and. I mean, maybe then it's a shapeshifter. Who knows? Gosh, it's so like fun and is exciting. I think fairy magic is, and I think being able to 
put that down on to paper is just like, that's like an offering in itself of being able yes. to, to draw them and like draw their essence like that. I'm very jealous of your talents. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, all artists say it's all practice, but it's also the, the law for it. Um, and you, you do this podcast. I wouldn't be able to do that. So <laughs> I can you know, talk. Yes. Do the podcast part. <laughs> yes, I, yeah. I wish I you know, had that artistic ability to go along with it, but I will just live through your paintings instead. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Thank you. That means so much. And uh, yeah, it's um, like sort of my, my goal if you could call it like that with my art because I tried out different um, themes I also for some time tried to paint a lot of from science fiction because I love science fiction movies as well um, but it never really felt like my thing and as soon as I started to paint fairies it really felt like that's me that's that's what I'm supposed to do and yeah so every time I paint a fairy it's it's for the fairies to show the world how they can show up in different forms and that it's okay to believe in them and also sort of to bridge the gap between um the like artist world and the witchy world and bring it together because it, it doesn't have to be separated it can all work together yeah. I think that's really helpful that you can provide that because I know there's a lot of misconceptions about fairies all looking like Tinkerbell yeah exactly and, and your paintings show just how broad this world of fairy can really be yeah yeah, you have, you that, have so many different that, outfits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love to paint the outfits as love as I as much as I love to embody them. <laughs> and yeah, it's so fascinating how it sort of all changed uh, from the Victorian era on, where they started to paint the fairies in a really cute and whimsical way. Um, a sort of a revolution and then um yeah we slowly came back to well folklore actually says something else so let's paint them in all the ways they can show up yeah yeah because you you have you know some pretty you know whimsical ones but you also have a lot of like the darker fae that are kind of quote-unquote scarier yeah, yes, I. it's always more difficult for me to paint the darker ones just on like the uh, technical part that I struggle a bit with just painting with darker colors uh, in the layering and such. But um, they also are so complex that it's hard to really grasp, grasp them on paper, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, and, but it's also so much fun to paint the darker ones um, because they also reflect so much of our own wild and darker parts. And 
that through that we can really accept that we don't have to be scared of these parts um because even the darker fairies they are not like not how should i say it um we can't really label them with our perception of evil because they have a whole different meaning for themselves for what they are oh I, I, that's so beautiful <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to describe because yeah the fairies maybe they are here and just like ah oh, talk about this talk about that oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah yeah i also have some like things here like um that really remind me of my fairy journey like of course a hexstone um and also like a fairy plushie because like even as a child when i didn't know that like why the fairies call to me i i had so many fairy plushies and <laughs> they're still here <laughs> <laughs> that's fun <laughs> oh yeah uh and, I, and that's also so great in uh working with the fae that they they really can show you how how great it is to live with your playful side and with that it definitely helps me to um not get too overwhelmed by how this world can be because it can be heavy and but the fairies they they can really show you that it's okay to feel that but that you can also find ways for yourself to make uh, to to uh yeah like go out there into this world in your way and through that make it better with the fairy playful side and the creativity and with everything that you love because yeah that can that can help do you have any advice for somebody that is just getting started and learning about the fae for the first time and or maybe wanting to incorporate art and witchcraft together do you have any advice for somebody that's going to start out on a path similar to yours? Mm -hmm. um, well, first of all, don't don't be afraid to like um, when you start with art and you want to learn how to express the fairies. Um, it's totally fine to study artists like Brian Froud and through that find your own way of expressing and your own style and such and because then I find that it flows easier to how the fairies might want to express through you um and um what else um like yeah like like the fairies it's okay for you to be a shapeshifter as well you can on one day really like fairy witchcraft and on the other day just do something else it's absolutely fine to um change and like several things at the same time 
we learn about things that are so different as well. Um, yeah, you can be open to whatever you like. You don't have to follow a specific theme or, I mean, in times of Instagram, you don't have to have one aesthetic that is consistent throughout your whole time. It can change, it can shift and... Um, yeah, also, um, if you do fairy rituals in nature, uh, always be aware that it's uh, really in harmony with nature. Like, don't give fairy offerings that contain something that can't be, can't become part of nature. Like, really keep it natural, no plastic or such things. And yeah, and then everything will be fine. <laughs> that is great advice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like my my first fairy ritual was definitely not eco-friendly. I remember that I put, um, like I had, I think, a seashell with some honey um, that I put with a cracker into a box. So the inside was nature-friendly, but the box wasn't. So oh. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but tiny me didn't know. Um, but yeah, it's okay. We all learn. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, it's always all there. learning process. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and it's also okay to trust your intuition. And um, yeah, listen to nature. Nature is the greatest teacher. Yeah. And what what is an example of some offerings that you could give to fairies if you were going out into nature for that specific purpose oh well I think they definitely like uh cookies and cakes and then <laughs> you you could bake them in a way that that they don't include sugar or something that could harm animals um so that could be something or um something you maybe crafted out of branches um that you found maybe maybe they were already on the floor and you craft a pentagram with them for example or or just a circle and um it doesn't have to be something super impressive it's because of what you put into the crafting process and um, your thoughts that you put into it. And then, um, yeah, like you could uh, bring it to nature, light a candle while you sit there, and then, um, yeah, take the candle again with you and leave your crafting, your offering there. Yeah. Or also, what's great, some uh, nuts and seeds are also great offerings. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. And what I like to put on my fairy altar, for example, because yeah, like when it's really cold in winter and stuff, it's it's not easy to always find a good place for an offering outside. Then uh, you can also place some wine on your altar. Fairies also, I feel like, sometimes really enjoy that as well. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> So fairies like all the same things that I do. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's definitely true. I also love cakes. Oh, God, so I understand why when <laughs> when they paint like a, a fairy buffet and stuff where they would tempt you to eat something, like, oh, the cakes would get me. Definitely. <laughs> right? It's like, I don't even stand a chance. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, human world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh that that's hilarious no completely completely agree with that every time <laughs> you know in a the you know, fantasy novel where they are talking about you know not eating the fairy food and then they describe everything I'm like I'm literally eating everything on this page I don't know what to tell you <laughs> oh I am God, just gonna yeah. be in trouble I guess yes yes when you're like really foodie person then that's a trap that you can fall into easily yeah <laughs> like oh don't don't drink the fairy wine and then they like describe this like beautiful sparkling like glittery wine that's getting everybody drunk I'm like that's the first thing I'm gonna do <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god and yeah imagine the cakes the beautiful magical cakes they could create and then yeah you bite into it and it's just leaves <laughs> and dirt hmm <laughs> Uh, I love I love Faye lore and retellings and all those sort of fantasy novels. It's always so much fun. Yes, yes, definitely. Oh, and and um, do you know Scary Fairy Godmother on YouTube? Yes. Oh, I love her. Well, like she reads such great um fairy folklore and fairy encounters. Yes, always, so good. Yeah, magical. Yeah, my God, I always look out for that. That's like that's also something you can take inspiration from. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here today and chatting all about fairies and artwork and everything that you do. I appreciate your time and all of the beautiful things that you share on the internet for everyone to enjoy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to be here and talk with you. And yeah, especially about fairy food. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we could talk about that a a lot more. Yeah, (laughs) I completely agree. (laughs) We have like a whole separate episode on fairy food. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Listeners, I will have everything linked over in the show notes as always at whichwednesdays.com. So you can find all of this beautiful artwork that I am talking about and reach out if you have any additional questions, if anything in this episode sparked your interest and you want to check it out more. But that is everything that I have for you this week. And I will see you all next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.